a featureless plain of asphalt and sun-bleached gravel with a bank of air-conditioning apparatuses that roared continuously. The roof, Reuben thought, was an ideal place to do some serious thinking. Though he often peeked down over its low perimeter wall in search of anything or anyone of interest to watch, today what he wanted to think about was right here with him, hidden inside his backpack. Still, for a moment, he stood gazing over the main thoroughfare in the direction of Riverside, where his mom worked, where the buildings were somewhat taller and less decrepit than those in the lower downs, and where occasionally, on very clear days, he would spot the huge Southport ferry gliding eerily along the river. From this distance, it looked like a building that had come unmoored and was drifting among the other buildings. Which, in a way, it was, Reuben supposed, a sort of floating parking deck. His mom had told him that from the market, she could hear its horn blast at full volume, twice every hour, all day long. That never got old, she'd said. Not even a little? Reuben had asked, and to clear things up, she'd followed him around the apartment like a demented goose, imitating the horn while he covered his ears, fleeing in circles and giggling. <laughs> You're right, he'd cried. How could that ever get old? That's what I'm telling you, his mom said, honking again. Then their neighbor had banged on the wall, and they'd had to quiet down. Standing on the roof, Reuben could hear that faraway horn now, its sound rendered soft and spooky by distance like the lowest note on an organ. He settled down with his back to the perimeter wall and the backpack between his knees. With laborious care, Reuben removed the wooden box from its pouch and its wrapping, then took the watch from the wooden box. The sunlight on the coppery metal was absurdly brilliant, making him squint. He opened the cover. The black numerals on the watch face glistened like freshly applied ink. He wondered what had happened to the minute hand, for in all other respects, the watch was perfect, unblemished, gorgeous. He loved the weight and solidity of it in his palm, where it fit snugly, as if custom-made for his small hands. Reuben felt another shudder of excitement. He couldn't stop wondering how much he might sell the watch for. It was surely worth a great deal of money, he thought maybe even enough to turn things around for him and his mom. Why not? There was no harm in dreaming. Yet the thought of parting with his secret treasure already gave him a pang of regret. So he let himself daydream about vast sums of money without dwelling on the part about handing the watch over. What was it his mom had said? Don't get bogged down in the details. Twice, Reuben took the key from its velvet compartment and examined its elegant bow, somewhat clover-shaped, its metal finely twisted like wrought iron. Both times, he held the other end just over the star-shaped hole in the center of the watch face, then shook his head and put the key away. He felt nervous about winding the watch. He worried he would break something. When at length, the muted sound of the fairy horn broke in on his thoughts. Reuben blinked, 
stretched his neck, and noticed how much warmer it had gotten on the roof. He had a vague realization that he'd heard the horn a little while ago, too, perhaps more than once, without consciously registering the fact. His bottom was sore, his legs were stiff, and his stomach growled insistently. Could it be lunchtime already? He put everything away and stood up. The first thing he noticed was a group of four men walking along the main thoroughfare. He crouched down again, clutching his backpack. The directions. Now Reuben knew what time it was. Today was Wednesday, so it must be noon. That's when the directions visited the businesses along this stretch. He had observed them any number of times. Always nervously, though. It was tricky to spy on directions.